What's up, fuckers? Welcome to the Disconnection Podcast. My name is Ori Kakel, and I'm going to be your host for today's show. I'm here with Rachel Renault, and Rachel's a very, very, very close friend, very dear friend of mine, one of the Tenify gals. We met in eighth grade, and we were both going through, like, our awkward metal phase. Metal, goth, <laughs> yeah. like, we would, you know, hang out at the mall and, like, go to Hot Topic. <laughs> we were on MySpace. MySpace, uh, yeah. When, so when did, when did that start for you? For me, it was, like, eighth grade, but... Dude, I don't know. I had, like, some teen angst, and I'm, I've mm-hmm. always been, like, drawn in by the dark side, and mm-hmm. um, my mom is Italian as fuck, like, super just, like, Jersey Italian lady, so I grew up going to Roman Catholic churches in North Bergen, uh, my preschool was with nuns, and I got in so much trouble all the fucking time. It's crazy. Um, the church I remember going to, is it was called Our Lady Fatima in North Bergen, and it was just so fucking creepy. Like, super, super, like, detailed crucifix on the wall of Jesus, like... I pretty remember, metal. Yeah, it was so, it's it's pretty super metal. metal, dude, but it's like... And then it had, like, stained glass and all the saints along with candles... But I remember just having, like, a really dark feeling every time I walked in there. And I was, like, from a young age, I'm, like, fuck religion. Like, uh-huh. no, no way. And then, like, I don't know. I think, like, it came out of that, maybe, like, some, like, dark place where I'm, like, ooh, metal, what is this? I mean, my parents always listen to, like, Motley Crue and, I don't know, Bruce Springsteen. And then it, like... So the vibe was from, like, religion? Yeah. And the rebellion against that, would you say? Would you say that? Like, yeah, I don't know, Ori. I just liked it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know you were just drawn in. You were yeah. just drawn into the dark drawn side. Into the dark yeah. side, always. Yes. For, for me, it wasn't. It wasn't a religious thing. It started for me from music. Like, when did you discover? Like, yeah, like my parents showed me some some heavier stuff, but your parents were into hard rock, like in yeah. rock, like you know, metal from like eighties metal. Yeah, they always used to take me to shows. Like mm-hmm. nothing like super crazy or metal. Like we used to go to Bruce Springsteen. Concerts what was the first show time. you ever went to? What was like, it was your first concert? Um, with my parents, it was Bruce Springsteen at the Giants Stadium, and I just remember it was, like, such a cool environment, it was so awesome. That's so Jersey. <laughs> I know. Bruce. <laughs> I know. And then, um, my first, okay, it's kind of embarrassing, my first, uh, concert ever as, like, a, by myself without my parents, my cousin took me to see Yellow Card. Whoa. <laughs> In, like, 2003 or yeah, Ocean two. Avenue. Like, yeah, Ocean Avenue. Yeah. Classic. 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 And then we went to a concert together. I think we went to multiple concerts. Together. We went, well, our, one of my first concerts ever was Marciahu. Yeah, dude, that yeah. is where I fell in love with the bass. Oh, that, the bass was so loud. It was, it was Matisyahu, yeah. dude. I was like, and his bass was amazing. I felt it rushing through my body. I'm like, yeah. And we were right next to the speakers too. But metal was what, you know, the music like drew me in. It drew me into skating. Did, you, you skated for a time. Oh, I fucking tried, dude. You tried? What? I don't know. I just don't want to balance or something, whatever. I just used to hang out with you guys at the it's skate park. like the park. skate park and around yeah. town, yeah. Yeah. Did you try like, rollerblading ever? No. Because I ate shit rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I ate shit, dude. Yeah. Actually, That's why I skated. <laughs> there's actually, it's funny you bring that up, there's a roller derby team out here and they're fucking badasses. Are you on it? And I think I'm going to go check <laughs> it out, dude. It, out? it looks yeah. fun. It's just something new to try, you know? Um, <laughs> oh my god! For people who can't see, I have a fat ass bulldog named Frankenstein, and he just curled up onto Ori's lap right now, and is He's chilling, melting my soul. <laughs> oh, my little buddy! Yeah. So if you guys hear um, any kind of like 
what do you even call this? Like pig noises, right? Just like the heavy breathing and like the snoring. It's me. So yeah, no. So there, there are these two dogs. What kind of dogs are these? Is there a English bulldog and old English bulldog? And they're and so this is Frankie. Yeah. Frankie Frankenstein. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. And Kira. Kira. I didn't name her. She's adopted. That's right, you bitch. You're adopted. I work with a lot of rescues out here on my spare time because I just fucking love dogs. And um, it's it's one of a kind bulldog. He's a breeder, like he breeds dogs, but he also rescues them. And um, I was fostering these dogs for a long time because we had a big enough house for it. Um, and then I went to foster Kira's sister, but her face they were both bait dogs in a fighting dog ring. Whoa. And um, her sister was way too infected. Like they both were completely slashed up and bitten and everything, but her sister was so infected that she had to stay at the hospital. Oh I'm like, do you have another dog that I can, you know, I'll help out, like whatever I can do. And he introduced me to Kira and she was real messed up too. Like her ear was almost torn off. Like she doesn't have a tail that was bitten off. Like she was fucked up, but um, she was okay to come with us and she was cool with Frankie. Mm-hmm. Like she wouldn't like attack him or anything. And I don't know. I just and where's, where's Frankie from? Fell in love with her. He's from a breeder. From a breeder? And he's super inbred, and he causes me a lot of fucking issues and heartache. Like, I've spent... Like, what? what what's... That, he... Okay, his name is Frankenstein. It's perfect, because he's literally a Frankenstein. He has had his tail amputated, <sighs> his balls Fair cut on. off, his bladder cut open, his tear ducts taken out, and that's it. Wow. Yep. Poor dog. I know. So, yeah, if you guys hear any snoring or growling... Yeah. It's the puppies. It's my monsters. Yeah, and there's this monster, like, laying on top of me right now. It's adorable. It's <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein. I want to actually go a little bit further back. I, ju- I jumped ahead, but I want to go a little bit further back. I knew um, you were going to bring up metal the first thing. Metal, well, it was important because metal was like, and goth and emo was such a big thing for us. Like mm-hmm. that kind of like attitude and scene, it really like shaped our rebelliousness and our angst and our <laughs> social group of friends. And yeah. um, we, had, uh, we had a lot of friends that, you know, we were in this like kind of like in between of the in and the out crowds. And, you know, we were, we were definitely our own niche or on click yeah for sure but we also like intermingled well we were it's cool because you know you watch mean girls and like clicks are a thing but when we grew up like it's super particular but there wasn't really necessarily clicks like everyone kind of hung out with each other our grade did at least there were definitely clicks but like in our grade and and in other grades but our grade was more of like a more communal, more like everyone was on the same page. I think it's because of weed, dude. Definitely because of weed. I think it's just because everyone, everyone was chill the fuck weed. out. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's everyone like was able the to hang. Super smart Asian kids, like the jocks, and then like the skaters. Like everyone had smoking weed in common, yeah. so we all hung out together. People were smoking weed, hanging out, playing video games, having parties and stuff. It was very, it was like very family like oriented. Some of us are still friends to this day. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this amazing family. And then you and Kyle joined the Marines. Like <laughs> I know, what the fuck? Like right? what? Like, did you? Was it always like you don't want to go to college? Was that always a feeling? Do you know you want to go to the Marines from like yeah, an well, early age? Yeah. Well, first of all, here's the deal. I didn't grow up. My family is super like we're well off. Like I never wanted for anything, but I am by no means like rich. Like my family's not rich, and I knew at an early age like they were gonna have to really struggle to put me through college, and I didn't want that because I. I I didn't even want to go to college. Like, I didn't want them to, like, have to shell out all this money for me. So that was an underlying factor. Did you feel that weight during high school? Yeah. I mean, I know they're smart. They saved up money for me. But I'm like, dude, they can just use that for my sister, you know? When did did you have that realization? 
when we started in junior year, we started all like going around and looking at colleges. You know, that okay. was the time. Um, and I would go and visit these colleges and I'm like, they're like, like all my friends were saying like, oh, I see myself here. Like, this is where I want to be. And I never had that feeling. You never saw yourself. Never saw myself yeah. there. I never wanted to be in a college in an academia type of place. I, no, fuck no. It wasn't for you. I don't care. Yeah. Um, from an early age, like everyone, you know, like I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a teacher. Like I always just wanted to be a superhero. A superhero is what I wanted to be, whatever the fuck that meant. Like, whether it's Wonder Woman or whoever, like, I always wanted to be, like, superhero. What's the closest to getting me to be a superhero? Becoming a Marine. Yeah. And um, I actually was <laughs> talking to the Navy. Well, radiation is also a good way to become a superhero. Dude, I tried. I save Black Widows all the time. <laughs> but um, I was talking to the Navy because my dad's a pilot for fun, not for a job. But I love flying and... The Navy pilots are, like, world-renowned. Like, they're fucking amazing. And I always wanted to be able to fly off an aircraft carrier. Mm -hmm. All this That's, shit. That adrenaline rush. Yeah, like... but little to my knowledge, in order to be a pilot, you have to go through college. You have to be an officer. And oh, the difference between officer um, and enlisted is yeah. officers went through college and have degrees. Um, and I, so I was still like, fuck that yeah, shit. Yeah, like, no, academia no, no. for you. Yeah. yeah, I'm a workhorse, not a scholar. <laughs> so um, Kyle's like, dude, the Marine Corps is the best. And I'm like, what? what? Why? And he's like, because we're, we're the fucking best. Like, you need to come see us. Like, we have the hardest shit. And, like, he brought me in one day. And Where did he bring you into? It's, uh, like, the that... recruiting station. So recruiters won't just, like, obviously they're trying to get people. But they will make sure that you're up to standards. And you will go and train with them, like, every week. And I literally, like, passed all their tests with flying colors. Because I was super in shape at the time. And, um... Were you doing like PT? Like were you like training like before? Um, I was. Point? I did track and swimming and soccer. So oh, I was okay. a triathlete already. Yeah. I wasn't like in the last years of high school because I was smoking as much weed as I possibly could before I joined the <laughs> Marine Corps. But um, yeah, so I, I passed those with flying colors, and I basically told him, "I'm like, I either want to be working with planes or I want to go into combat. Those are the only two options that I can give you." And they're like, "Okay, well, we have field MP open right now." And I didn't even know what the fuck that was. MP is military police. Um, and then there's military police that drive around on base in, like, cop cars and, like, basically literally, like, police, like, local police do. And then there's the field side of that, which is you get both training when you're an MP. But the field side is you get attached to, like, grunt units and you go overseas and you work with detainees. What are grunt units? Uh, infantry. Okay, the infantry. infantry. Yeah, or any kind of unit, like... Usually when you have a unit go out, it's like there's like um, comm, communication guys that work the radios. There's um, people like drivers, that's Motor T. There's... How many people would you say are in a grunt unit? How many How many amount of people? Oh, I don't that? fucking know. I don't remember. Dozens? It depends. It depends on like the mission or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, MPs, like we also make jokes like multi-purpose. We have to have training for all of that because it's our job to like take over and I could be totally boasting right now I don't know this is just how I was trained so like there might be some infantry guys being like fuck you you pussies it's like yeah I know whatever this is what I was told but um yeah we make a joke that it's multi-purpose because if we get into a firefight and the fucking corpsman is down the guy that knows how to fucking like save your leg someone who else is gonna do it then so they taught us a lot of we learned a lot of medical shit which is super cool I knew how to drive every vehicle and operate every vehicle. That's awesome. <laughs> I knew how to look for bombs. I knew how to look for, like, weird signs <laughs> of, like, crazy shit happening. Like, 
I knew how to work all the radios, like everything. So that was really cool. I got a lot of really cool training. So the recruiter told you all about that or like, I mean, yes, you learned about that as you went in, but no, actually, so he told you the, he has a field MP position open. Mm-hmm. And he told me I would be the first female to do it because I'm sure there was field, um, field MPs before, but into the specific unit that I went, um, it's very rare to see if field MP that's a female and it's even it's it was at the time very rare to see a female marine at all where like marines are like one percent and female marines are like 0.1 percent of the one percent this was 2010 or 2011 yeah. yeah and i think it's still very rare i just see a lot now because i'm in the community like on the spot you were like yeah let's do it or like how long did it take you to oh immediately immediately it really no it's like actually funny where do i sign up like i looked at a poster in the recruiting station and it was like a guy coming out of the water with a rebreather on and he's being all like sneaky in the jungle. And I'm like that, I want that. That's what I want to do. And he's like, well, that's recon. You can't do that. And that's what my husband does. So that's fucking funny. But, um, he got me as close as he possibly could. And he actually warned me in the recruiting station. He's like, I'm telling you right now, I've had a friend she was an MP and she got blown up and died. And it was like a little more intricate and into detail, but I was like, he was trying to give me like a warning, like, listen, like, you know, I'm just letting you know how serious this is. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, where's the fucking papers? Let's sign. Wow. But here's the problem. I was 17 years old when I got out of high school. So you have to be 18. So my parents had to sign a waiver. So it took about a week for me to convince my mom and dad that this is what I really wanted to do. Yeah. How did that conversation go? How, how did you initiate that? They always knew I was psycho and I wanted to like get into something like that. Um, I'm the first in my family to do that um so it was a little weird my mom was like not super happy about it but it worked out okay yeah they ended up signing the papers for me I kind of lied to them a little bit like I obviously <laughs> didn't tell them the story about the girl dying and the guy said I'll never go to combat that's or, not lying that's just omitting yeah details. omitting the truth I omitted the truth a little bit um and I promised them that I would go to college after I got out of the Marine Corps so that was, you know, it took a little bit of convincing. My mom definitely cried a few times. My dad was happy for me, though. Yeah? He was proud of me, I think. Yeah. So you sign up. Mm-hmm. You get your parents to sign a, the waiver. Yeah. Permission and everything. And uh, so where do you go? Where do you... So, you, you know, oh like, where, where do they take you? So like, where do you go to the Marines? Shit. Like, Yeah, so... What's the next step? Where do you, what do you pack? What do you take? What's going on? You take like, nothing. There's two training facilities for Marines in the U.S., and that's Paris Island and... South Carolina, and that's MCRD down here in San Diego, right next to the airport. Mm-hmm. And then what, you get on a bus? I just took um, like a small little duffel bag of like a change of clothes. I needed my contacts and my glasses. I needed some medical paperwork. Um, I needed like all the forms that I signed. And I had a retainer at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. That's and it. then I, uh, wow. <laughs> I had a phone, but... That's about it. So you and then the clothes on your back, and that's it. Like clothes on my back, and I never got those clothes back. By the way, what'd you wear? What'd you wear to your first day at the? Movies? I wore okay, so I wore like a little skinhead outfit because I wanted to look tough. So I wear my Fred Perry <laughs> and my Doc Martens and jeans. You go to a place called Meps, and the Meps near us is in Brooklyn. So you go there, and it's literally just a processing facility. There's like twenty doctors look at you. You have to do your oath in front of like a judge, 
and you have to go through all this bullshit and there's like hundreds and hundreds of people going in getting that's ready the to first go. place they took you mm-hmm. took you to maps right yes and it's every branch goes there okay so if you're going army you're doing air force anything and like i remember everyone like walking around and kind of talking to each other i'm all fucking nervous because we're all about to change our lives forever of course <laughs> and everyone's like what are you and like air force army and then i'm like oh marine corps and they're like whoa really and i'm like yeah and they're like holy shit that's crazy I'm like, i mean yeah. it is pretty crazy yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> rachel's pretty badass i like, know yeah. it's cool yeah so you really don't get to live that down it's it's pretty awesome like yeah. <laughs> i remember my last moment of being really sad is when i did my oath and i swore in um my family was there with me and my sister just started bawling robin oh your family was there with you mm-hmm. oh wow yeah and then where and then you get processed and then you just get on a plane it's like a normal person plane the cool thing is is that when you get to the airport though we all go to the uso and i've never been to a uso at the airport before and it's like being in like first class <laughs> like you get snacks yeah, and you get you all nice. yeah and then like you're, you're going to war to buddy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> last meal like <laughs> oh god okay so you get on a plane i get to south carolina some fucking crazy drill instructor like it already starts it starts right away is it like uh, there. is it like full metal jacket yes they break you down like... yes <laughs> So he yells us all to get off the fucking plane. We get onto a bus and everyone's just sitting there. Um, It's all the Marines now. It's just the Marines that are there. And um, he's like, oh, you put your fucking heads down, you pieces of shit. Like, blah, blah, blah. We were not allowed to look from the bus ride to the airport to Paris Island because they don't want, like, people to escape. Or they don't want you to know where you're going. Yeah, they will not let you look up the entire time. So literally they're like trying not to shit my pants and like we're all shaking and we get there and the drill instructor runs in and he goes move 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 get the fuck off the bus like blah, blah, like hitting us like grabbing us and like what the fuck and we're all running out and that's when you step onto the yellow footprints there's yellow footprints all lined down on the pavement and you step on them and they're all at like a 45 degree angle which is how you put your feet and um that's when they take you to like your different battalions and where you're ready to go and, so what were you assigned to? Uh, it's all, honestly, dude, it's all kind of a blur from there. Wow. I just remember wow. <laughs> them taking my shit. I remember that's important. That's like a really important thing you have to know, right? Like you have yeah. to like know where, you th- where to go and where to be assigned. But I could imagine the adrenaline, the, the fear. Yeah. Like... I remember um, them coming in and doing a little speech where it's sitting in kind of like a classroom. And they're like, listen, this is what you're going to be going through. And this is what you're going to do. If you want to be a United States Marine, you got to get through this shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, anyone that wants to pussy the fuck out leave now and like he basically like scared us all did anyone leave yeah a few people did how many people i don't remember i just remember seeing people walk out and we're all like our stomachs dropped we're like yeah on the spot this is real and then i'm sorry when we first got there we make a phone call on a pay phone to our parents letting them know we're there but my fucking phone or my mom's phone didn't work i had like no service (laughs) and you have to read off of the wall it says Hello, this is Recruit Renault reporting safely from Paris Island. And my mom's like, oh my God, where are you? How was it, honey? Have you eaten? Have they fed That's you? Terrible. And I'm like, oh and she's God. like breaking up. And I'm like, I, you will hear from me further with written letters. And then like, I have to wow. hang up. And that's all you say wow. to your parents. My mom was probably freaking the fuck out. Whoa. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. And then that's all I remember. So when does it stop becoming a blur? When, when... The whole boot camp when do you... process is a blur. Except for little yeah. parts, yeah. Basically, their job is to build you, like, break you completely down and then build you back up. Like, you literally go insane for a second and then you're fine. A lot of girls went fucking in full psycho, though, dude. Like, 
A lot of girls tried to kill themselves. A lot of girls left and I never saw them again. I don't know what the fuck went on, but it's really just a mind fuck. And I realized that after a few weeks. I'm like, it's not really that bad. <laughs> and we used to get in trouble all the time because I have horrible ADD, especially in drill, which is when you see like Marines marching with like guns and like moving them crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I would always fucking move and I would always <laughs> fuck it up too. So I always, I was always getting my ass beat and I was always getting in trouble. It's called getting IT'd, which is intensive training. If you get in trouble, they'll take you to a sand pit and make you do push up, burpee, push up, burpee, like for like 20 minutes straight, like run in place, push up, burpee. Now say you're a little bitch, say it louder. <laughs> I remember the worst IT I ever have. It's funny because our friends back home, it's Alex amazing. Baker, Alex Baker sent me a letter that said happy birthday on the front of the envelope. And they're like, oh, it's your birthday? Oh, like, no. no. Oh, no. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> and they ID'd me for 10 minutes in the sand covered in fire ants. What? Dude, it hurts no so way. bad. No I'm, way. I'm fucking telling you. And I tried to tell her and I'm like, hey, ah, and she's like, no, get the fuck back down. I don't give a fuck, you little bitch. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, it hurts. Worst so birthday bad. ever. And I had welts all over my hands, all over my ankles. Oh my god. Was that your eighteenth birthday or my eighteenth birthday? Was I turned eighteen. That was your eighteenth birthday. That was your introduction to adulthood. Like yep. it was fire a, ants on your hands. It was a being pretty, ID like It was a pretty good introduction because that's how adulthood is. That's how, that's how life is, yeah. That's how life is. Wow. That's heavy. hmm But you got through it. Yep. You got through it. So in, in boot camp you're just shit right you're just nothing and then after you get through boot camp like you become after you get out of boot camp you think you're on the top of the fucking world and you're billy badass like i went home and i got free drinks you're just at the bottom of the next pile of shit like yeah yeah. oh yeah you go back right back to so what what were you what's your position like what's your official title in the marines when you finished boot camp i was private renault private (laughs) and then um i went to my a school from there which was in fort leonard wood missouri and how long were you in missouri a year. Um, so I was there in 2010 when there was huge tornado. And it took apart an entire town of Joplin, Missouri Whoa. when I was there. So we had to cancel our training and we had to go and help the people that Whoa. lived there because they were decimated. You were, you were in Joplin or were the next like, town over? Like, uh, Fort Leonard Woods, like kind of right near it. And then our, our um, training like house was ripped in half. Our squad cars were flown, like, flew all over the place. Like, wow. it was crazy. Dude, the tornadoes out there are no fucking joke. Did you ever um, think when you joined the Marines you were going to be fighting tornadoes? No, dude. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That's Cause, amazing. No, because it was literally, like, I was there and I all of a sudden hear... And I'm like, what? Is this Silent Hill? What is going on right now? And they're like, oh, it's a tornado. We need to get in, oh, yeah, uh, we're just in the, the first floor. And I'm like, what? So they sent you guys to help? Uh, and the rescue yeah we helped we helped like dig people out like dogs out like uncover like people's like belongings and stuff yeah it was pretty brutal and like okay so we're from the suburbs so we're like like new jersey so we're not used to no seeing like how what was that like just the you know the shock i could not believe it it looked like a fucking giant like ran through there you know what i mean it was just crazy and it was, it was already... Like Godzilla a, just walked through town. It was just one culture shock after another. Because the Marine Corps is already another culture shock. And then seeing tornadoes and shit. And then just being in Missouri where... I'm not talking shit about Missouri. I'm sure most but of it But it ain't New Jersey. <laughs> but no, but where I was specifically was literally just like meth and like super weird hillbillies. And I was just not 
used to it. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Well, I mean, it's a marine facility. They have to put you in the middle, in the of, middle of the woods, It right? was actually like, an army base. Fort Leonard Woods is an army, army base, but Marine Corps MPs, Motor T, Seaburn, and engineers went there. Okay. So what's cool about that is that Allie is an engineer. So my best friend went with me too. Oh, wow. So we went from boot camp to training school nice. together. Oh, that probably made it easier, huh? Yeah. Being at A school was kind of like being like, I feel like I had a little bit of a college experience. Because we'd all go out, we'd go to the clubs, we get fucking wasted, <laughs> like come back all drunk and stupid. And we were so stupid, dude. Because in the Marine Corps, you get drug tested all the time, so you can't do drugs. So we would drink cough syrup yes, like yeah. it was our job. Oh, <laughs> like, dude. Oh, and no. I remember just walking by and seeing people, seeing people rolling on triple C's. <laughs> we'd smoke spice, which is the <laughs> worst idea that you could ever have, dude. It was so bad. And then. I'm this kid and I'm getting a full paycheck. So basically all I did was get tattooed and just go out and drink and party. And so how did you end up in San Diego? So my first duty station after my A school was Camp Pendleton. You met your husband on base? No, we met on a blind date. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How'd that that get set up? Okay, so I got here. I didn't really have any friends. Um, Allie was stationed in... um, Okinawa, Japan, and I came with one other female, and we just weren't, like, super tight ever. Um, When we checked into our duty station, we were the first females to ever check into our unit in history. They were so confused and pissed off when we showed up, because no one told them females were coming. So they tried everything to get us the fuck out of there. Like, they did not want us there. They're like, you're in the wrong place. Like, they put us out in the rain for, like, a few hours, because... We're like, dude, we don't know where the fuck we are. Like, we're just listening to orders. It's not our fucking fault. Like, I didn't know I was infringing on your fucking unit. Like, um, luckily, like, the guys kind of, like, warmed up to us, and they're super fucking cool. Like, they never did any, like, super gross, creepy shit. Like, they just hazed us like they would anyone else. <laughs> they were still pissed that we were there, but they made sure that we were better than most of the men that we came across in case anyone gave us shit. Yeah. So. They built you up. I got lucky with the unit I was yeah. with. And that was 1st MP Division on Camp Pendleton. And we were on Camp Margarita. We used to... They just used to, like, do crazy shit. Like, hazing us. <laughs> it was fun. It was... Yeah. You got set up on the blind date. Oh, so I first got here. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I need to, like, have fun and, like, get my rocks off, you know? But I'm not going to talk to any of these dudes. I'm surrounded by a sea of hot men. And I'm not going to touch any of them because I'm not going to fuck with anyone I work with, you know? So I'm out at the mall. I'm getting some... You just don't want to open that can of worms. Oh, right? no, because like, that'll yeah. give you a bad name right away. Mm-hmm. I do not want that. Most female Marines are either sluts or lesbians. And I'm not saying that's a fact. I'm saying that's what people say. And I have definitely... That's been proven multiple times in my <laughs> <laughs> in my experience. So, um... So you didn't want to date a Marine? You didn't want to, like... like Or someone in your own... That I worked with. That you worked yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't anyone knowing any of my personal shit that I worked with. So, um... But did you want to date a Marine? Like, I don't care. Just otherwise, like... Or I, you, you just wanted to meet somebody? Yeah, I just wanted to, like, meet someone. Mm-hmm. So I went out to the mall to get some civilian clothes because I only had one outfit with me when I came out here. And, um... I met a girl at a... Like, she worked at some, like, store out here. And we just kind of hit it off. She had a lot of tattoos. I had a lot of tattoos. And we were talking about to each other about it. And she's like... Oh, well, my husband's a recon marine, and he has a bunch of friends. And I was like, oh, hold up, recon marine? And recon marine is, like, the fucking all-stars of the Marine Corps. For people that don't know, every um, 
like Army, Navy, Marines, everyone has like special forces. The most well-known is the Navy SEALs for the Navy. And the equivalent of that is for the Marine Corps is recon. You don't hear about it a lot because it's always super secret squirrel shit. Like, they are, like, the rock stars of the Marine Corps. And I'm like, uh-huh. Was that the poster that you saw when you were in the Marine Yes, it office? was. And then going back to that. And I'm like, uh, fuck yes. Let me meet one. So, <laughs> I want to marry that, please. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so she set us up on a blind date. But it was, like, a double date. Like, her and her husband went out with us. And it was, like, right down the road here in Oceanside. And um, here comes Rhett. <laughs> and um, I hated him at first. He was like kind of like a stuck up asshole. Oh, I can't wait till you he, he just got back from Okinawa for four years and he was constantly in combat and he had like a chip on his shoulder. Um, but after a few drinks, like we really hit it off. And he's like, you want to get, you want me to take a ride back to your barracks? And I'm not going to lie, you guys, I was looking to fuck. Like we all fucking know it. Okay. It was like Tinder before Tinder. So I was like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> and um, the whole time I didn't tell him I was a Marine. I didn't tell this girl I was a Marine because I feel like it's a turnoff for a lot of guys um, because of the bad name and all. So he's driving me back and he's like, what the fuck? Like, how do you... Or no, I'm sorry. I fucked that up. He was taking me back to his place because we were going to fuck. And we're driving back and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we're driving back to my place. And he's like... <laughs> how the fuck do you know this place? Like, cause he thought I was a recon Ronda, which is like, obviously they're the rock stars in the military. They have groupies. Like they have girls that just hang out around the barracks and shit. And I'm like, dude, I live right there. My barracks and his barracks were right next to each other. Like they shared a fucking parking lot. What? It was <laughs> so crazy. weird. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. So. Out of all the people. <laughs> yeah. We fucked. And then that's the end of that. We just stuck together. That's the beginning of that. Yeah. Is, is the way to say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so... How long have you been together now? My God. Um, six six years. years. Yeah. When did you get married? We got married only like six... So here's the deal with getting married in the Marine Corps for those of people that don't know. Or just military. I have no idea. You gotta lay it down for me. People and in the listeners. military get married. Like, that's what they do. Because when you're in the military, you live in the barracks. The barracks suck. The barracks are like dorms for homeless people. Like, I had black mold, cockroaches, the pipe connecting from my sink wasn't even there so the water just went into a bucket like the and it has rules you can only have a certain amount of liquor you can't have like boys or girls in your room after a certain time you're always under the watch of like your command like the barracks are just like not a super fun place a so lot people get married time. to get out <laughs> they get married to get out and when you get married you get paid you get paid like double because you have a dependent now. Well, guess what? Rhett and I are both in the Marine Corps, so we're both each other's dependents, double the pay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you get housing allowance. So we're just like... Yeah, the I, government take care of you. Yeah, so I was ta I was constantly sneaking in his room. I was I had to hide in his closet once because they were doing like a barracks check. <laughs> um, I would have to like walk out and like I like walked more like a dude because my command was right next door and they can see me walking out. Like it was just a mess. And I'm just like, dude, I... <sighs> I feel like we should just get married. Like, it's, if we don't like each other, we'll just get divorced. It's not a big so fucking deal. So you proposed to him in that kind of way? Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, we should just get married. <laughs> yeah, so we just literally... That's romantic. We both, like, just didn't go into work one day, and we just went to the courthouse in Vista. We nice. didn't have rings or nothing. Wow. Even when we went in there, the, oh. the lady's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I think they have to legally ask that. Yeah. Like, I was wearing a Slayer shirt and ripped jeans. Like, it was... so badass. Yeah, I gotta it see was, your wedding photos. 
We don't so, have any wedding photos. You didn't take any wedding photos? No. We did you have, who was your witness? Did you have we had to pay for a witness. You had to pay for a witness. $10. And you couldn't tell your witness, uh, no. hold the camera. <laughs> and um, the craziest thing about this is my family did not know I was married in two, until two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because I was 19. They would not have approved. And then every time they came out here to visit, um, Brett's kind of like, hmm, what's the word? You tell a me. dick. <laughs> you tell me. No, he's just very bullheaded, and him and my mom always fought about something. Cause she tried to like make him like more Italian. I don't know. Like he was just like very bullheaded. So I was like, nope, not gonna tell him. There's no reason <laughs> to tell him. Um. So when did you tell? When did you tell him? When did that come out? When they they were visiting out here like two years ago. So it was like we were married for like four years, and no one knew. Um. It's easy because we only saw my family like once a year. You know, I talked to them on the phone, but they would have never found out. But um, I was like, babe, we got to tell them. Like, we're actually like committing to each other now, you know? Like, so we need to say something. And um, his parents knew? His parents were like, all oh, okay. No, they didn't know. They also didn't know? Um, his mom did. His mom doesn't like really care. Like, she's cool. But his dad didn't know. And that's a whole nother story because I told his aunt first because me and his aunt just are super tight and she ended up blurting it out to the family when we were all wasted and his dad's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but um, I told my parents and my mom kind of like had a feeling because she was getting mail that said Rachel Alvord, you know, and my dad was just like, what the fuck, dude? And he was just, he did the thing where it's like, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my soul. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> dad, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it's not, you know, I'm like. And so, but that was two years ago, so now. Yeah, now we're good. Everything, everything's good. You know. You're patched up with them? Yeah, well, it, we never had a falling out. Like, me and my family are super fucking tight. Yeah. Like, there's no way, you know? So, I never have really hid anything from them. I mean, even when I did, like, I was talking when we were all out drinking here a little while ago. Yeah, last night we went out, and oh my god. <laughs> Today I'm struggling. Oh man. Oh, it was so much fun. I <laughs> took, know, it was a great time. I took Ori to the local bar. It was fun. Um, yeah, I was basically talking to my mom about how I sold weed and um, Ad- Adderall in high school to make money. And it's so funny because you had Casey on the podcast and I used to sell weed for Casey. <laughs> but um, Crossover, affinity war. Crossover. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so I used to sell my Adderall and make a fucking bank off of that shit. And my mom's like, oh yeah, I know. I'm like, what? Oh, like, you fucking knew? Parents always know. Yeah. And my she's parents like, eventually told me, like, well, we knew. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you say anything? She's like, well, if you were going to get arrested, I would have let you get arrested. Like, what the fuck? You know? She's like, you were making money. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> cold woman. <laughs> That's good that you're tight with your family and, like, that you guys are... I got Now that you're super lucky. tight, like, you're, you're... Yeah. It's more than just lucky. It's love. You know? We, yeah. We, that's why this whole story is so crazy. It's all it's all so crazy because we come from this area where it's a lot of love, it's a lot of peace, a lot of tranquility, it's a quiet area. We do live right next to New York City, but it's like it's tenifies a bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very, very safe place to live, it's a safe place to grow up. Um, all kids there are very groomed, but you know, pe- but there's rebellion and lashing out and teen anxiety and everything. So for someone to come from that and uh go to the Marines and for two people, Kyle's the other person that went from Mm -hmm. our grade to the Marines, you know, it's just like, it's such like a a trip. The bad thing about that though, is that we do come from this like awesome, like tranquil place is that I believe that people need to go through heartache and struggle. People need to like have mountains to climb metaphorically, you know, like you need to go through shit to become the person that you need to be. And I think that's another thing going back into like why I listen to metal and rock is like, 
my life was easy, dude. I had a great family. I lived in a nice town. It wasn't dangerous. Like, so I was always looking for shit to challenge myself because I didn't like get a lot of challenge, you know, like you need to go through those dark times. You need to challenge your body. You need to get out of your comfort zone in order to do anything that's going to mean something. And you (laughs) wanted to, you know, explore that you know outer area yeah end up being the marines that's the yeah. let's that's just take it to the extreme like yeah. with everything else in my life so yeah so camp health in for four years yes uh and then what okay how it worked is they would come and like either take a unit or take like a few people to join a unit to go overseas to afghanistan um and i would always get passed over like no one wanted a female on their team and I just got fucking over it, dude. I'm like, I'm doing all this fucking training. Like, I know all this shit. I'm a better shooter than half of these guys. Like, I'm in shape. And I'm getting fucking picked over to go to Afghanistan. I'm like, that's why I'm here. I'm here to go fight. Like, fucking pick me, bro. And they wouldn't. So, um, there was this thing called Lioness Program at the time. Uh, or FET, whatever. And it was all-female infantry unit. I don't want to, like, piss anyone off. It was kind of just like a publicity stunt, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, females are cool too, you know? Is that really how you thought about it? Uh, yeah, and I also believe that, listen, I've seen some females, especially female Marines, do some crazy inhuman type shit, like strong, like better, like they can kill any man. So I'm totally like pro-female. Do I believe that they should be in male units overseas? Not necessarily. I think it can cause a lot of problems. Um, I think that there's better, that there's other things that they can do. Having a female, like, around... Yeah, uh, you have one female with a bunch of dudes in the desert, like, and they're all, like, going crazy freaking out, like, high-strung. Like, I don't... It's just... It's not really necessary. Uh, I know there's a lot of girls that want to fight, but there's, like, other ways to do it, I feel like. I'm not Mm going to get, like, too political about it. Um, I am a feminist, for sure, but I'm not, like... Just when it comes to that specific thing right i feel specifically like, like mm, a, fe- a female in a combat situ- overseas combat situation yeah yeah um how did you feel so what it was enjoying? at the time i was pissed and i got really depressed and i talked to Rhett, and Rhett's like why do you even want to fucking go i'm like this is my job i'm a fucking marine i want to stand with my brothers i want to kick ass for america you know he's like that's fucking stupid rachel and i'm like what he's like you know how many of my friends i've seen die like in front of my face like why the fuck would you want that and he kind of, like, brought me back down to earth. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is real. Because Red already saw a lot of combat by then, Yeah, right? yeah. He's he's seasoned. He's yeah. well-seasoned. Yeah. So um, I just, at that point, made it a point to just be the best that I could be in the situation that I was in. So, you know, we would be doing, like, 10-mile hikes every day, like, scouting with our weapons um, with, like, 40 pound packs and then I had a 40 pound saw and then like all this like you know crazy and it was it's hot out here it's dry you know I wasn't hydrating properly and then I would get off and then I'd go to the gym with Rhett and his friends of the night and they worked out like fucking animals like body they're these recon guys are like literally like gorillas so yeah I remember seeing Brett a couple years back and he was just a solid rock yeah. mess. Yeah, you have to massive, be to do... like, person. Dude, like, it was crazy. I'd come back from a four-mile run with my unit. It's called PT, physical. Re- like, that's what we would go do in the morning. He'd be like, oh, cool, you ran four miles? I ran ten miles to the beach. I had to do a four-mile swim and then run in the sand and, like, all this craziness. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I woke up one day and I was just... My abs were so sore, I couldn't stand up straight. And it was like that for two weeks. I went to my ball standing like a fucking ogre 
and I couldn't stand up straight. And, um, one day I finally could, like a few days later, I could stand up straight and it looked like I was nine months pregnant. My stomach just like expanded like a crazy amount. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, so I'm like waking up, I'm putting on my pants and I was like sleeping in Rhett's barracks room. I couldn't put my pants on. And I'm like, Rhett's like, oh my God. Are you pregnant? I'm like, no, you fucking idiot. Like, I wouldn't get this big overnight. And I'm like, <laughs> that's the so, guy thing to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm we're, like, we're so dumb. We don't even know. That's literally how we think it works, by the way. Literally. So stupid. Um, but I was like, no, but something is wrong. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? He's like, go to work and tell me you need to go to the hospital. So I went in and I went to my platoon sergeant. I'm like, Sergeant, I think I need to go to the hospital. And he's like, why? And I lift up my blouse and he's like, whoa. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> so I went to the hospital. And I'm there for a few hours, and they're giving me morphine drips because I was in a shit ton of pain, dude. Like, really bad pain. How'd that feel? How'd uh, how morphine feel? That was great. It was morphine great, yeah. <laughs> But they came in, and they're like, so we think, because they did x-rays and scans, and they don't see anything, and they're like, we think you have gas. I'm like, excuse me? And they're like, yeah, like, you have a lot of gas. And I'm like, bitch, I do not need to fart. I know what gas feels like, okay? I, this is, I feel like I'm getting torn apart by my insides. Um... Eventually, they brought in another doctor, and, like, after a urine test, I got something called rhabdomyolysis. Now, bear with me for a second. We're here, yeah. Um, it's when too much lactic acid builds up in your muscles, and they basically grow past the point of, like, what your body can contain, and you get compartment syndrome. So, you know, like, when you're working out, you get a pump. Like, you can feel your muscle. That's yeah. lactic acid. But imagine that times a thousand. It's way too much. Yeah. yeah. So I got compartment syndrome. They had to slice my stomach to relieve the pressure because the muscle had nowhere else to go. Like, it's my skin, bro. Like, you can't Whoa. get that big, you know? And then um, on top of that, all this lactic acid had to go somewhere. So it filters through your kidneys. Your kidneys start to fail. So I got kidney failure. So I was in the hospital for like two, three weeks on a morphine drip, IV drip, sliced my stomach, catheter. Everything is so funny because I was so, like, high on morphine and all my commanders were coming in and I was like, hey, one of them was super hot. He was, like, a first or second <laughs> lieutenant and he's like, hey, Renault, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I'm like, well, they just put a catheter in me. <laughs> so creepy. It was so creepy. Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed because I saw him in the office and I finally could go back to the office. I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. No, everyone knows that when, when, when you're on that, you're not, you're not a real yeah. person. You're just a... Yeah. Uh, I thought You're whatever your brain is thinking. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> my sergeant major came to visit me and I, for some reason, thought he was my soccer coach from high school. And I'm like, all right, I'll fucking go in the game. Just give me a minute. Like, just give me a goddamn minute. <laughs> you said this your sergeant major? My nice. sergeant major. He was a nice. scary motherfucker, dude. Like huge, bald. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They gave you a pass. <laughs> yeah. It was really scary though, because when this all happened, like I was like, nobody knew what was going on like i was like this medical anomaly so i literally would wake up from all this morphine and be surrounded by like six white lab coats okay so so now when you just described what was wrong with you you that was perfect yeah but as it was happening everyone was like what the fuck yeah no one had any idea what was happening to you no no one had any idea so um and how did that feel day to day? Like That was scary, dude. And I was bored as fuck in the hospital, too. Like, by myself. Like, I'm used to out being active, and I'm stuck in this fucking room. Like, what hospital were you at? Uh, it's, like, the old shitty hospital in Camp Pendleton. It's a naval hospital, so all the Navy does, like, our medical shit. So I had a few, like, 
Corman that I kind of became friends with that would come in and give me morphine drugs. And <laughs> but little um, cocktail. Yeah, but I I mean, and Rhett came and visited me a lot, but he had to work, you know, like so I was like super going out of my mind. So three weeks in bed mm-hmm. on a morphine drip. Mm-hmm. When do they figure out what's wrong with you? Uh, it took a few days. Um, basically the only cure for what I have is you just have to be on an IV, like get fluids pumped through you and it's just like pain relief. And it was because of the workout? It was because you were just pumping your body? And dialysis. Yeah. And it's because I was on this, I was putting all these supplements in my body, like these thermogenic things to cut weight and like build wow. muscle. And I wasn't properly hydrating, which is the main thing and proper nutrition. Cause I was eating like nasty food at the chow hall or chow halls don't like have super great food. It's like lunch food. Yeah. From, like, school, you know? So, I finally am able to get out of the hospital. I get out for the first week. I'm in a wheelchair. Did your parents come here during that whole thing? No, they were here right before it happened. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they, that must have been so heavy No, for they thought, they, like, I couldn't stand up straight. They thought Rhett was beating me. Like, my mom <laughs> pulled me to the side. She's like, what the fuck is going on? Because I kept Jeez. saying, this is Rhett's fault. Because <laughs> it's at the gym, you know? Yeah, the gym and the work. And then my mom's like, I need you to tell me right now. Like, And I'm like, no, I promise. Definitely not the right choice yeah. of words. <laughs> my mom and my sister literally held me out on the bed and tried to stretch me so that my stomach could go. Because I couldn't, put, I couldn't like, wear my dress blues. Oh, my God. And they're like, oh. like they're Because I took my sister to the ball with me. It was just crazy. I get out, I'm in a wheelchair for a week. I basically work in the office at my unit. Like I'm sending people to, like I'm just doing computer shit. And then I'm in uh, crutches for a few weeks after that. Um, my muscles never really felt the same. They like have just dis- some dystrophy to them and it's they just felt very weak. So I took it easy, but eventually I built myself back up to where I was. Not as crazy, but I was able to go on hikes again and go on runs again and in the Marine Corps, they'd make it happen pretty fast. You know, like, they're not, like, waiting for you. You know? Yeah. Being on light duty is, like, not a good thing in the Marine Corps. You're basically, like, a shitbag, useless, worthless, whatever. So I'm trying to get out of there as fast as possible. Um, but at this point, you had already accepted the fact that you weren't going, like... Overseas, yeah. Overseas. Yeah, I accepted it. Um, and then, you know, I get back into the gym, and I'm doing legs, and I'm, you know, getting my legs really built up, because I have this huge hike coming up, and I just wanted to, like, condition myself a little more. Same thing happens again. No supplements, no nothing. I just end up back in the hospital. My legs are fucking huge. Same thing. No dialysis this time, but morphine drip, and I had to be in there for weeks. Wow. And That's back terrible. on light duty, I recovered a little bit faster, and then it happened again. The third time. Yeah, in my legs. And then finally, someone, I remember because it was all doctors always, and then someone, like a civilian woman, comes into my room, and she's like, hey, so I'm your care coordinator, and basically, like, you're going to be medically discharged out of the Marine Corps. That was mm-hmm. the day? Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, yeah, you can't, like, she, like I didn't understand. She's like, you can't be a fucking Marine anymore. Like, you can't work, like, what are you going to do, you know? So, um, like, my lieutenant and my commander, like, talked to me about it, and they knew I was pissed, like. They knew it's not my fault. You know, they're basically like, listen, we love you and we think you're awesome, but like, you can't, you can't do this. It's your body. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not only that is I got sent out of my unit to go to Wounded Warrior Battalion. So I was in Wounded Warrior Battalion for six months and everyone in Wounded Warrior. Yeah. Describe that, what that is for, for our It is a unit. Um, a lot of people probably hear of Wounded Warrior Project and it's like, that's a charity for veterans mm-hmm. and like families of deceased veterans, but, um. Wounded Warrior Battalion is where uh, where a lot of all like the fucked up Marines go. A lot of amputees. Um, 
if someone gets cancer or stuff like that. So I'm in there and all of my buddies have like one leg and I'm there and they're like, why the fuck are you here? I'm like, oh, my muscles are just shitty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like it was hard and it was weird and it's kind of a depressing place, you know? Um, it was weird. But they kind of helped me transition out of the Marine Corps. They... Yeah, was that like... Lim- did you feel like you were in limbo? So... you're saying it was weird in a depressing place, but was it like... Did you know your place or did you not... No. Well, like, did, it was did, actually kind of cool. Did you have a job cool. to do? Did they give, did they no. Give you a job? Not really. It was actually kind of cool because in the Marine Corps we call it skating. And skating is literally like you just do whatever the fuck... You're on your own fucking program. Because when you're that fucked up in the Marine Corps, you need to be going to medical appointments like three times a day. Oh, Like wow. I had to have my urine checked every day. Um, yeah, so what were you doing for six months? You were getting checked and... I was basically like a lab rat. Wow. Like, they were doing some weird tests on me to see why my muscles did that. Yeah. Like, they were trying to figure out what the fuck was going on, and I had no idea. I had to do, like, sleep in, like... I had to sleep with, like, wires connected to me. Um, some of the tests were extremely painful, too. Like, they put, like, really, really, really big needles into my muscles and then electrocuted them. Fuck, what are you, Wolverine? For... Like... <laughs> right? Ooh, yes. They were um, trying to build you into something? <laughs> no, like, they were trying to see, like, my nerves and my muscles, like, if they would react... Yeah, yeah. It was actually extremely painful, some of the things that they did, but, um, That's crazy. yeah, but whatever. Eventually I was just like, fuck this. I don't care. I don't need to know what's causing it. I'm over it. I'm not, I just don't want to keep doing testing. So I never really knew what caused it, like why it kept happening again. But, um, that's why like afterwards I've kind of like gotten really badly out of shape. It like, I thought it was just the end for me. Like I was just done. After all the, like, being a lab rat, being, like, so knocked down, like, I was just fucking done with life. I'm like... Well, bring it back. You were, you were there for six months and, and tests and everything, and you said, I'm done, mm-hmm. and you left? Or did you get... No. Or was you there for six months and you got discharged, like... Yeah, so I was there for six months, and basically, like, it was kind of cool because I could just do whatever I want. Like, yeah. if I didn't want to go to a fucking appointment, whatever. Like, I'm getting out of the Marine Corps, no one can tell me what the fuck I need to do. Um... And at this point, Rhett and I had moved out of the barracks. We had our own place, and Frankie was a puppy. So I was just kind of, like, going home and just doing my own thing, like, cooking or whatever on my free time. And then, um, I don't know, and then until the day I got out. So I got out, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to college because I was a GI Bill. And at the time, Rhett was on deployment, so I was by myself. Um, I didn't really have any friends because all the friends I had in the Marine Corps were, like, gone on deployment. And I didn't really know anyone out here at all, like, off base. Because Marine Corps kind of consumes your life, you know? So... It's like a giant fraternity. Yeah. Like, so it's more than that. It's like, it's what fraternities are based on. But, like... Seriously, but it it's is. Like, it's, it's more than just family. It's more than just fraternity. It's more than just work. It's, like... Yeah. It's a whole uh, institution. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. that And, and with a long, a long, long, long history... I just started going to college because I had the GI Bill mm-hmm. and I get paid to go to college. Where'd you go to college? I went to Palomar College out here. Um, it's right next to CSU. And what'd you study? Well, I used it first to get my pilot's license. Um, that was cool. Also really hard because a lot of math is involved and I fucking hated math. And then I turned it into forensic science. So my goal was I wanted to be a coroner. I wanted to be a pathologist assistant. I always thought that was super cool. So metal. Yeah, super metal, right? (laughs) That's so metal. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I was doing all the classes. I was on the right track. And then 
I failed math four times. I've never been good at math. I couldn't get past algebra. It was just knocking me down. I had to stay in the math room for like five hours a day to finish my homework. Um, And I basically just like had like a moment with myself and I'm like, I'm already four years behind all my friends back home. Like they're already done with college. And I saw like all you guys like on Instagram, like getting your lives started after school. And that's crazy that even being separated, I mean, we, yeah, we kept in touch and we saw you and everything every once Mm -hmm. in a while, but that you felt that pressure yeah. from literally across the country. Yeah. So, well, this is... How did that stick with you? Um, well, you know, like, my sister was almost done with college, and I was, like, just starting. I was like, dude, like, I'm so far behind. I'm like, if I want to be a pathologist assistant, you need a doctorate. So you need to be a doctor to be a coroner. But even, like, even knowing that, like, you put college on pause to go through the Marines and do that whole experience and everything, and, mm-hmm. you know... What doesn't matter where you ended up, you still felt like you were behind with people that you haven't really like been around or seen in four, five years at that point. Well, like, you, you still, guys are only... like I mean, I mean pressure as far as like you felt the social pressure. Yeah, and I also wanted to make my parents proud. Like, yeah, it was. It's just I don't know. I have nothing to compare it to. So yeah, I guess. But I'm just like, dude. Do I really want to be in school for another ten years? At this point, I'm like worn down already, dude. Like, I just want to get my life started. I don't want to be in school for another 10 years going to university. I fucking hate school. Never liked it. Never will. And never like sitting in a classroom having someone tell me what they think is right. And also, you all you fuckers out there that taught me math, I've never had to do long division in my life. <laughs> Ever. It doesn't fucking matter, okay? <laughs> I have a smartphone in my pocket at all times. I, I never don't have a calculator. And I will never put my, myself in a situation where I need one. Like... I just hate school, If you, <laughs> just to get the point across. So basically, I was like, I don't want to do another 10 years of school. So So how long were you at uh, Palomar, you said? Yeah, I got my associate's degree, so nice. it was long enough. Um, two, two years? I think it took me three. Three years? Well, I almost have my bachelor's. Uh-huh. I did mine in two and a half, in, in the associate's in two and a half. So yeah, so I almost years. had my bachelor's, but I didn't finish math. Mm-hmm. So I will yeah. eventually go back and just get it to have it. But I got my associates in, um, like, sociology or forensic medicine or whatever, forensic science. So you're like, okay, I'm done with school. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So me and Rhett sat down and Rhett was basically like, you've always, like, you're, you've always been so creative. Like, why don't you just go to hair school? Like, you can get it paid for. Because we get the GI Bill, but then disabled veterans, which is me now because I get medically separated and eventually medically retired, um, we get voc rehab. Which is like GI yeah, Bill on steroids. It's like you get your school paid for and your housing paid for, but they'll also pay for all the tools you need. Like if you're a photographer, they'll give you, they'll pay for all your equipment. No way. Top, not, top like shelf shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So I got all my, everything paid for, like my blow dryer, my everything. But you have to make a case. Like you have to go. This is like, what I'm doing for income now. Yes. And like I have a job set up for when I get out, like it, all that shit. So they paid for me. To go to is that a very bureaucratic school. process that you had to go through? Like, is that paperwork and you have to speak oh, with yeah. someone? Like, how long yeah. did that take? A few months. A few months, yeah. So at the time, I was working at San Diego Harley-Davidson. Um, I, the, I was working at Harley-Davidson the entire time I was in college. Okay. Um, the two years between, that was 2014 to 2016? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it now? 2018? I think. I hope. <laughs> right? How much <laughs> weed did we smoke? No, um, yeah. So I basically worked up to heart. I worked Harley Davidson until I went to um, cosmetology school, so I was making money. What did you do at, at uh, Harley Davidson? What did you work at? Um, so 
one of the guys in Rent's Motorcycle Club, his girlfriend worked there and she got me the job. And I was super lucky because that was my first job out of the Marine Corps. So I had like no skills other than shoot guns and blow shit up. Like I didn't know. I didn't have any skills. So I worked first doing retail there. And then eventually I moved to like being the stock manager because I liked just like working by myself and like moving heavy shit. Like I don't like talking to people. Mm -hmm. So You want to do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. And I can go in earlier and leave later if I wanted to to yeah. get the job done. And you've always been very independent. Like that. Yeah. So I, can, I can see that, yeah. But Harley was like a high school. It's a huge... When I say Harley-Davidson, you guys, it's like a huge... It's a Costco-sized warehouse. It's a fucking... It's, it's, I think it's the biggest in the country. Might be the second biggest now, but we fucking partied. We had fun. Like, we would throw parties and have strippers come out. Like, they didn't care. <laughs> it was crazy. So it was fun, but I was also over that. Like, I'm like, where is my life going to go? Like, I need... That's not your life, right? Yeah. I'm like, I need something to do. So, I... Yeah, I started going to cosmetology school. And then is there a basic program that you go through? Or do do you, like, uh, take... You sign up for classes? How does that work? It's a basic program. So, you can enter... They have massage therapy, esthetician, which is skincare, um, barbering, cosmetology, and makeup. I did cosmetology, which is a year, and then barbering, which was another four months. You can do skin, hair, makeup, nails, anything with it. Yeah. That's why I chose that, because it's so well-rounded. Because I get bored, man. Like, if I'm, like, bored of cutting hair, like, I can go do something else. Like, I can... Was... Why don't you cut hair the first words out of Rhett's mouth? Or were you just, like... Were you cutting your friend's hair before that? Were you... Well, um... I know no. you, like, you know... Here's the deal. This is why it was such a weird transition. Because I went from wearing my hair in a tight-ass, gelled-down bun and wearing the same uniform every day to finally being able to be myself again. Oh, wow, yeah. And the entire time I was in the Marine Corps, I was a child, dude. You know? Like, I wasn't an adult. I, like, I had to refine myself. And there was a lot of fucking awkward moments and stages all in between there, you know, (laughs) like it was weird. But, you know, I used to tell him about high school and like, I, you know, I think being like a little punk rock kid in high school really shaped that because I used to like shave my friends mohawks, color their hair. I always had fun. Like you saw me, I came with different colored hair. Like That's why I asked in the very beginning of this whole thing, like when did you get into metal and when did you get into punk and, you know, that whole darkness kind of thing. Yeah. Like... I'm describing you now. You're wearing all black. I always You're covered in black. tattoos. Yeah. Not had to tell, but you have... Almost. Uh, black hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, wearing all black is also a hairdresser thing. Um, like, our, for school, yeah. it was, yeah. you have to wear all black. And it, I, went to a, I went to a really good school. Oh, yeah? Like, they <laughs> really, like, the teachers are really talented, and they really know, and they really want you to, like, find your creativity. It's basically, like, you can think of it as going to an art school. It really is. It's just a different canvas. Like, I'm not working with paint and paper. I'm not working with sculpture or clay. I'm working with hair. But it's still art. And what was the aha moment? What was, like, what was the, the moment where you realized, like, I could really do this? Like, um, You mean go to school? No. Or just do hair? Do hair professionally. Like, when you were... Did that happen when you were studying, or did that happen after? Um, and that never really happened. I feel like most people that go to cosmetology school, like, did the same thing I did, where they're just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go do hair. Like, so you still haven't had an aha moment, or do you think you're... Um, it's a weird... That's, like, a weird question, because hair isn't, like, the end-all, be-all for me. Like, okay. do I love doing it? Yeah. If I could not... If I was told I can never do hair again, would I die? No. <laughs> but it's fun for me right now and I enjoy it and yeah. it's really a business it's a hustle I, it changes every day I talk to different people every day and I can be creative and that's, that's awesome. just kind of all I ever wanted 
eventually I'd like to own my own business and not have to hustle and be behind a chair every day. But for now, we got to like earn my dues, you know, I got to get better. Speaking of earning your dues, you just earned some dues, some pretty big dues. I did the dues. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about the competition and uh, the style. Okay. We'll post a picture to Instagram and, and all our social media about the, because these, these photographs are showing me were amazing. Thanks. And everything. So there is um, an annual competition called the What's Next Awards. It's put on by the company Sebastian. It's funny because my mom used to use Sebastian products when I was a kid, always, and like it's all like come, come for full circle now. So basically, my teachers were like, "Hey, everyone, submit a mood board and find a model. We're gonna pick, I don't know how many it was like four people that we think have the best ideas, and we'll we'll do a photo shoot for you. We'll hire a photographer. We'll help you like guide you through it." Um, and the competition was for their new collection called Twisted, which is for curly hair. I had the perfect model. My friend Barbie is fucking gorgeous. She's got a beautiful, like, fro. Like, I just was like, I'm just going to do this bitch natural. Like, her natural hair is, like, the most beautiful. I just kind of styled it in a certain way to where it was, like, pleasing to the eye. Um, we took the photos. I made it to semifinals because what you do is you upload the photos and everyone votes online. And... Um, then voting opened again, and this is international, so people all over the world see it and vote, and um, I made it to finals. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, I was not expecting that. I was just like, worst, like, if anything, we'll just get some cool photos out of yeah. it for my You're portfolio. Like, yeah, do this yeah, yeah, natural, okay. like, yeah. Yeah, and my friend was doing it too, wow, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, let's do it together. That's whatever. crazy, you made it to finals. <laughs> I know. So they called me, and they're like, everything was super secret squirrel. I didn't know shit until like the day before. So basically they paid for me to stay at the really nice like Marriott Hotel in downtown LA. I stayed there for a week. Nice, nice. I showed up late. <laughs> they had like an opening ceremony or like a party. They and give you a per diem? Uh, yeah, they did. Nice, um, nice. Oh my God, this bitch. Rhett came up with me. <laughs> and because I couldn't hang out with him, I was super busy mm -hmm. the whole time I was there. I would come up and he was like getting turned down service. He was in a robe, getting room service, <laughs> smoking the most expensive cigars, <laughs> drinking the most expensive whiskey. And I'm a little like, vacation for you guys. Damn, <laughs> milk that shit. It was not a vacation for me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was, Rhett, I should say, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. He was going out with the other husbands and they were getting hammered. It was hilarious. But, um... I met my model the day before the competition, which is like a live on stage. It, it's kind of like considered an art show. It wasn't, this time they didn't have a runway. It was more of like an art installation, gotcha. if that makes sense. Um, I met my model the day before, which by the way, her name is Zosha. She's fucking awesome. And guess what her job is? She is a dancer at Harry Potter world. <laughs> so the bitch got the hookup. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was so cool. Um, so they're like, okay, so your look, so there was different categories. There's student, professional, affiliated artist, and international artist. So there's four winners because there's four different categories. I was the student category. And the student category was free spirit. And I was like, fuck. Immediately I'm thinking like Coachella braids because it's all went like before Coachella. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't, that's like, I cannot braid. I do not know how to braid. I never learned, like I never tried. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to like dig deep for this one. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do like free spirit, whatever the fuck that means. Like some boho shit. So I like smoke some weed. I listen to a band 
called Monolord. They're like a super like stoner, sludgy metal. And they have this song called Empress Rising. And I just laid back and I put that on my headphones and I'm like jamming out to it. And I like envision this creepy like enchantress witch in the woods, like super powerful. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, let's do that. Like, that's what I want. So I don't know if that's free spirit, but like to me, like the freest spirit is a fucking witch. Like, you know what I mean? Just running around yeah. in the woods naked and shit. So I'm like, okay. Um, it wasn't a religious thing though, was it? Right? Like the, the, the occult, you know, the thought of like the witch and the... the... Dude, everything I do like comes back to that in you some think way so? or another. Yeah. 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 The occult or religion? Or I guess they're intertwined in a way. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Um, so... I uh, decided to do dreads. Um, like, I wanted to put dreadlocks in there. I don't know why, because it's, like, a natural texture to me. So I ended up dreading around her head and making, like, a crown of thorns out of dreadlocks and then just fucking with the rest. I don't know <laughs> what I did to, with the rest of it, but... Was it, it a blur while you were doing yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I was so anxious. It was really scary, and I had all these... How much time did you have? Um... On the day of the competition, four hours. And then the day before, we had a few hours to practice. And mm -hmm. the day before, it literally looked like dog shit. I had the least experience out of anyone. Because one of the girls I was competing is from Canada. And their education system is different for licensing. So she's actually been working in a salon for like three years. Um, but she's like still considered a student. So I was just like, I'm. there's no way I'm going to win this. But... And you said other people had come in internationally for this? Yeah, there was someone from Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Australia, a lot of places. They're all over. They're... So, drum roll. I won! <laughs> I won the student. Yeah, I was backstage. The look pulled together. I just got my head out of my ass, focused, really focused, which is hard for me. Made my line super clean, everything super neat, took my time. Another thing is, is that with the makeup, right? They wanted to be all about the hair. So like they advised me like, okay, we want you to do some really heavy brows to find eyebrows and then minimal makeup, make it about the hair. Who advised you? Who? Um, people that work for Sebastian. Okay. Because the students, we don't know what the fuck's going on. We haven't worked okay. in the industry, you know? And, um, I was like, cool, I'm going to do the opposite of that <laughs> because that's not the vision I have in my head. Like, I wow. want the witch from the woods, you know? The rebel. I know. I so system, I literally went up to the makeup artist and I'm like, I want you to make her look dead, but pretty. <laughs> I'm like, she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, smoke out her eyes, make her look like she has no brows. Like, I'm not, you're the makeup artist. I'm not going to pretend I know shit about makeup. You just do your job. Like, do your thing. Dead? But pretty. Dead but delicious. <laughs> no, did you say, what did you say? Dead but pretty? Like, yeah. Was, yeah, and, I said And then like, how long did she take to do that? Uh, oh my God, it felt like forever. She took probably 30 minutes. To so did you makeup. watch or did you look away? Did no, I looked see? away. I need to let go. I, and I needed to eat. <laughs> so, I went, <laughs> so I went and I ate. And um, it was really, really intense at first. Like it looked like Halloween makeup. And I was like, fuck, that's going to be too much. That's going to be way too much. And everyone was like, holy fuck, dude, look at that girl's makeup over there. I'm like, I know it's too much. It's too much. But it's it's funny because in black and white photos, it actually looks really cool. Yeah, I saw the photos. But and in, we're going to post them so everyone can see them too. Cool. But in person, it was like crazy looking. But anyway, like they all went on stage. They did their thing. And they called... Um, they like wanted me to say a few words on stage and I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to say anything. I will. No, I was stressing. I didn't do my makeup. I didn't do my hair. I just threw on a dress and my upside down cross necklace. And I'm just like, 
I, I could, I was so nervous, like, being in those lights and, like, all these people that are, like, people in the industry that I want to work in, you know? Like, it's a so lot of like, pressure. Pass, yeah. Pass. So we all ended up drinking a fuck ton of wine in the back. And then, like, they were calling all the winners, and they called my name. And I didn't even think that, because I was so convinced I was Oh, uh, yeah, at that, when you were drinking in the back, you didn't know that you... Yeah, I was so convinced I didn't win. So when you watch the video online, you're like, Rachel Elvord. And it takes me, like, two minutes to get on stage. Because like, I'm, like, tripping yeah. over myself. Through a bottle of wine. Yeah. Like, shit. I'm like, what the fuck? And that's another thing is, like... And you then know, you were the winner. Like Yeah, <laughs> and it was broadcasted. And as I get on stage, I'm literally... I mouth the words... <laughs> I am gonna find that footage online. Please, yeah, you have that? Do yeah. You have the footage? Yeah, it's, it's on online. YouTube? It's online? Oh my mm-hmm. god, I cannot wait. Um, it's gonna be amazing. And then it's really cool because all the girls from school came up to support me Aww. too, so they were screaming loud. And yeah, it was just such bet. a cool feeling. People were freaking out. Dude, I was smiling from ear to ear. That was really cool. And then Aww. Rhett, oh my god. Was he crying? Yes. Did Rhett he cry? Did he Rhett, did. But here's did the a marine thing. cry? Here's the thing. <laughs> He was so uncomfortable because it was like Zoolander. I told yeah, you. Yeah. So he was already out of his element. So he just drank. <laughs> oh yeah. He, was like, he just found a corner. That's my bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. I know. He supported me the whole time. That's amazing, awesome. though. Yeah. It was cool. So congrats. Thank you. Um. What's What did you do next? Like, what's the next step? So I won a bunch of money. Um. I won all new tools, and I just did a photo shoot with two of the other winners. The winner from Sweden is doing her own thing, but um. Keisha and Jonathan, the professional and affiliated artist. We just did a photo shoot for American Salon. Was that on your Instagram? The photo, photo of three of you guys like together. Yeah, yeah. I can't post any of the photos of like my From models. The shoot, yeah. yeah, but um, we were all. It's up in Calabasas, is the Wella headquarters. So we were up there. What was it? Last week. Last week I was up there all week, um, working, and we did a photo shoot. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a six-page spread in American Salon, and one of us might get the cover. They said I don't know. Um, I also did a Facebook live with Cadis. I did, I took a color class. Like they really just like set me up That's like, awesome. all week and it was fucking awesome. So yeah. And then now I'm back at the salon and I'm still taking models in Encinitas. Nice. But you've done a lot of things and you've <laughs> got done, you know, covered a lot of ground. So let's, let's uh, split it up. Cool. What advice would you give to someone who's joining the Marines? Oh, <laughs> um, I think it's a fucking awesome thing if you want to join any kind of military. Not just for, like, the country in America, but, like, for yourself, dude. It's just... It's a cool thing. Especially if you come from, like, a... Not a lot of money and you need, like, a good start in your adult life. I think it's the fucking best thing that you could possibly do for yourself. But you really, really need to, like, put your ego to the side. Because you are not shit. Like, you are nothing for a minute there. So be ready for that reality. Yeah, and so opportunity, also, but also reality. You right? also really need to be able. You really need to be ready to do things that you might not want to do, because when you put on a uniform, like you are signing away your life. You really are. Like your beliefs don't fucking matter anymore. If they tell you, like you just need to pre- be prepared. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To so do- be prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then advice for someone who wants to uh, get into hair or styling and. <laughs> Um, I mean, you're still, you're still pretty fresh to this. But, oh, dude, I'm, but this is like a, the beginning of a new chapter for me. That's why I think this is the best time to ask you, like, yeah. now that you've gone through some hurdles and you're just starting to get your feet moving, Yeah. what, uh, what would you tell someone um, find, who's, who's starting out? Yeah, find a good school, 
do your research, make sure they support you. Um, and then once you start learning a little bit, learn the basics, get together with your friends that are just starting out, like a photographer, or a model, and just start being creative. Like start fucking around, find friends that'll let you do shit to their hair and start taking photos. Cause now everything's on social media. So it needs to be seen. And that's something I need to be better with now too. But just really like, you need to step out of the everyday salon, just like doing the basic shit. And you need to let your imagination run wild and do some photo shoots because that's the only way that you're going to get noticed. And that's really where the passion is going to come from. Speaking of social media. Yeah. It's plug time. Plug time. Plug time. Let's hear some plugs. Let's hear uh, where to find you. Where can people find you? Yeah. So right now everything's um, on Instagram. So the thing about the competition is I got a lot of recognition, but it's all in my personal page. <laughs> so that is Ray Dragon Slayer, R-A-Y Dragon Slayer, one word. And then my hair page is Haircraft by Rachel. So if anyone's out here on the West Coast, hit me up. Just DM me on Instagram and let me do your hair. Because I want to do hair. <laughs> just another like word of advice for anyone. Like I don't know shit. Like I don't know. But if I was going to like tell someone just starting out... You gotta step out of your goddamn comfort zone. Make yourself uncomfortable. This entire competition, this entire Marine Corps, anything cool that's ever happened to me, I wanted to shit myself for the entire time. That's how nervous I was. Nothing good's gonna happen to you unless you get out of your fucking bed and go out and do some shit. It's uncomfortable and I hate it because I wanna be in bed with my dogs, but you gotta do it. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. Thank you for listening to the Disconnection Podcast. My name is Oryu Kutiel. I've been your host for today's show. Uh, we are recording from beautiful San Diego. Uh, my guest today has been Rachel Albert. Rachel, thank you so, so much for having me in your beautiful home, doing the, this podcast with me. Um, thank you guys all for listening and for tuning in week by week. It's crazy to think that we've been doing this for like 20, this will be episode 22, I believe, or 23. And uh, yeah, just thank you to everyone for sticking in and uh, listening to us. Um, if you're new to the show, give us a like, a subscribe. We would love uh, a rate or a review on iTunes, the podcast app. We are on Spotify. You can find us on Facebook, um, on Instagram, and on Twitter. I've been Ori. I've been Rachel. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Disconnection. Disconnection.